Welcome to season four of your next mission video podcast. Today, we continue our month long series recognizing Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Throughout this month, we, we bring light to some of the mental health challenges our military community faces. Today's episodes focus on the Defense Health Agency and how they are taking care of our service members, retirees, and their families. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome to Your Next Mission video podcast, where we tell the stories of those who have served in the past and those who are serving today. From transition to financial wellness, VA benefits to mental health, we cover issues facing veterans, active military, and their families. Now here's your host, the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army and co-founder of the American Freedom Foundation, Jack L. Tilley. Hello out there, warriors, past and present, your families, and thank you for your service to our great country. Now, before we get started, I personally want to thank our presenting sponsors, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue Global, and USAA for making your next mission happen. They love our veterans and families, and I'm going to say it every week, we love them too. As I said earlier today, we will be focused on the Defense Health Agency, and I'm, I'm so excited to introduce uh, Chief Master Sergeant Tanya Y. Johnson, Senior Enlisted Leader and Master Chief Petty Officer Troy J. Brown, United States Navy, Senior Enlisted Leader to the Assistant Director for Support for DHA. Welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you for having us. Well, I'm glad to have you on the show. You know, everybody, you guys got to be motivated. I'm going to hear that motivation here about getting on the show talking here a little bit. We have, <laughs> okay. we have a lot to talk about before we... Uh, before we start uh, asking some questions. So before we do that, can each one of you tell the audience just a little bit uh, about yourself? And Chief Johnson, we'll start with you. Well, good morning. And once again, thank you guys for including us in this. Um, thank you for what you do for our, our, our service members, their families, our veterans and retirees. So as you mentioned, I'm Chief Master Sergeant Tanya Johnson. I am the Defense Health Agency Senior Enlisted Leader. I've been in the seat about 120 days, but I've been in MHS my whole life. I was actually born at one of our military treatment facilities and to a medic, nonetheless. I, I didn't pick the right career field according to the family, but I'm still in the fight, right? And all um, the education and mentoring throughout the years landed me here and um, be careful what you wish for because they just got it right and so, because I've seen all aspects of it as a dependent and then now as a service member and soon to be a retiree um, so what I do for the agency is really take care of you and be the voice and say the uncomfortable things about what we do or what we provide and how we can make it better for the service member and for the families that are impacted by it and then partnering better so that we can make sure that those gaps don't happen for our veterans and retirees as well. Oh, you got me motivated. I'm glad you're on my side here right here. I'm ready to go. <laughs> hey, Master Chief Brown, how about yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so as Chief mentioned, thank you very much for inviting us on the show today. Um, we're excited uh, to tell you our story. And uh, so I, I'm Master Chief Troy Brown. I've been in the uh, world's greatest Navy for the last 27 years. And uh, I've, I've had the privilege to serve as a hospital corpsman, which is the most decorated rate in the Navy as well. Um, well got a pretty diverse career. I uh, started out as a field medical technician, and then I became a preventive medicine technician, which is really public health. And during that time, I've really... Uh, had the, I've had a diverse career where I've got to work in several places, CONUS, OCONUS, 
um, on ships, on, with the Marine Corps, um, expeditionary forces, uh, multiple joint tours, and then I, as an instructor at Hospital Corman A School, which was pretty exciting for me. And then, uh, um, then I found myself in the National Capital Region, um, and I've been here for a while. So I started out at the Bureau of Medicine and Surgery and then uh, went up to uh, the Uniformed Services University of Health Sciences, USU. Uh, now I'm here at the Defense Health Agency, and I, uh, I'm serving as a senior enlisted leader for our assistant director for support. And, and in that role, we really serve and support uh, the director in chief. Um, and uh, I'd say man leading and managing the, uh, what do you want to say, enterprise support functions. Um, and a lot of those include uh, acquisition sustainment, um, medical logistics, contracting, public health, uh, medical education and training campus down in San Antonio, where we train our enlisted health care professionals. Um, and then uh, I think that's it. I think that's quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I, I always tell everybody that when they say 27 years, 30 years, all this stuff, I, I always say rookie, I had 36. And so you got yeah. well, to go a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how it flies by, right? And you can still remember the very first moments when you first came in. Well, right? I, I was 18 and got out at 55, I think. So that was a, ooh, ooh. That's a long time. Hey, Chief Shotchin, would you explain to, you know, what the Defense Health Agency is? To, you know, to our audience, you know, a lot of people don't know your organization. So tell us what it is. So the Defense Health Agency, um, overall, is an integrated health system, right? And uh, we do have some combat support um, activities that were that are required from the organization. But we're an integrated health system. We are. Uh, Everybody is tracking as of 2017, the National Defense Authorization Act did a pivot in how we deliver healthcare and who oversees and executes and manages that. The authority direction of control um, written into law that Defense Health Agency would take over that. And when I kind of break down the, the overall of what we mean by integrated health system, there's two parts of the system, right? There is the entitlement that we give to all of you, and that's through our TRICARE contract. And then there is a direct care system, and those are the military treatment facilities, which the active duty retirees are seen there too, um, and their families are seen. And that is what we call the direct care model. And the TRICARE contract is obviously partnering with our um, civilian counterparts, and they do the insurance type premium. So in the DOD, we are like a tri, uh, like a Medicare type system in, in that embedded into the system. What DHA does for our, our nation is it improves health and builds readiness, right? And when you hear that, you automatically think about the warfighter building readiness, making sure they're ready to go, or the provider care teams. But overall, for us, th there is a sum of zero. That's wellness to the families. That's part of readiness. They can't focus on those day-to-day -day things without that part of their readiness for the family and partnering appropriately for our retirees, making sure that the whole system is ready, right? You pivot a little bit, you look at our mission, the uh, unrelenting pursuit of excellence for the joint force and those we are privileged to serve. Those we are privileged to serve. I want to hang on to that just for a second there. And those who are privileged to serve, that's you, right? The people that laid the foundation that we uh, build upon every day. And the unrelenting pursuit of excellence, that is a charge. The director and I still go back and forth and like, that's asking a lot. But 
it requires healthcare requires a lot. And nobody wants to go into a medical appointment and say, okay, I want the okay doc. Uh, I have a joke with my son where he was like, C's get degrees. I was like, I don't know. I don't want the C doctor, right? I want the, the guy that's going to provide excellence day to day. And that that is something that we charge with our team. I mentioned earlier that we're part of the military health system, but the M in the HS is the big deal. The military is what makes us unique and different. And where we are in the world, our our industry partners aren't all over the globe like we are, yeah, right? Yeah. And so we have to be able to do that anytime, anywhere, anytime, always, anywhere. Mix it up and however you need to. But we need, we need, we can't take a day off. We can't take a knee. Yeah, yeah. there has we have to be there. We have to be committed to that. And that that is kind of us in a nutshell. There's some priorities that we'll kind of get into in some of our other, I think, in some of our questions where we can kind of expand upon how we how we we live up to that mission and vision for you. All right. Tim, when you talk about TRICARE, you talk about medical care, that's that's a big deal uh, for all of us. No question about that. I'm going to go back to you. Chief Johnson, the Defense Health Agency and healthcare system responsible for healthcare delivery inside the hospitals and clinics. I'm not sure you didn't answer this question. Would you tell us a little bit more about DHA and helping service members and retirees and their families to improve health care benefits, to improve their benefits? So I will tell you your question. Thank you for that question. That's timely. As we are, uh, DHA recently went through transition, right? And what we did for the enterprise and heavily over the last, five years, what people, what our beneficiaries were seeing, what you were seeing was that transition phase where the medical treatment facilities, clinics, dental clinics, veterinary clinics all came under the governance of the agency. During that time frame, everybody was focused on transition. And now you end up here today, you have a new director, a new senior enlisted leader. What, what preoccupies our time? How do we evolve the system. We fully acknowledge over the last five years, it's been rough. The access is rough. Who does what is was still a question mark in the air. Those things are, are clearing. Transition is always going to happen in a military organization. But as we move forward, how do we get refocused on what we were asked to do? And that was the to deliver healthcare in an integ integrated way. And so as we evolve the system here for our um, beneficiaries and the, you are part of that is um, what do we put in the patient's hand that makes the system about the people and not about us? So we look at, uh, it's kind of a wave process and it, look, it goes into the whole ecosystem. The things that many of you might be familiar with is total force fitness. I'll put it, kind of capture it like that. Total force fitness, we look at spiritual health, financial health, um, food security. So when the director are looking at this, we're like, how do we evolve that it fits kind of in those dynamics that people understand because when you look at it in a holistic way, that's what they understand. How do we improve health? I know there's somebody that's going to come for me later, like, okay, how do we predict things that make you better all the way, all the way your, throughout your career? If you come into our facilities, are we making it about us in the current design, which is something happens to you, you are sick, you come into a military treatment facility or to a network provider, they do something that makes you feel better. 
we send you out and we do the whole thing all over again, right? We use the, the insurance to do that. Well, that's, that's not really about you. That's really about us. That's convenient for us. Yeah. And that's not how our nation is evolving and how do we evolve to meet that? So the things that we're doing is with it through the electronic health record, leveraging its capabilities to put some of those things in your hands. You, we went through the pandemic. Well, there was a span there for like six months where nobody went into a hospital, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody was out. And what we learned from that journey and that, that time in our history is there is a way that we can do this in a way that puts some of the health outcomes in the person's hands. How do we go back to technology that you have your wearables? That's health data. How do we capture that data that does predictive health? If you are going into your provider and you have diabetes and your hemoglobin A1C is trended up and down, how can we look to see when it trended up and down and we and that management of it? And then be able to call you and say, hey, we noticed every time about this part of the year, and you could be, what do they call them, snowbirds? You go down, you're going down to Florida, you're loving life and you're eating the fried food of the South. We notice that your hemoglobin A1C trends up and we're able to predict that and come back to you so that you can better manage those things and the outcomes too, right? You're a part of your healthcare system or the healthcare delivery. How do we look at that part of what we can control and improve health in that dynamic? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're talking with Chief Master Sergeant Tanya J. Y. Johnson, Senior Enlisted Leader and Master Chief Petty Officer Troy J. Brown, United States Navy, Senior Enlisted Leader to the Assistant Director of Support for the Defense Health Agency. And if you're watching your next mission video podcast with me, your host, Jack L. Tilly, 12th Sergeant Major Army, don't forget if you're enjoying this discussion, and I know that you are, please like us, click on that subscribe button below. Also, click on the bell next to the subscribe button to receive notifications of all of our Upcoming video podcast. As you know, September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, and I know you both take it, a personal interest in that uh, mental health well-being for our military and veteran community. What is DHA doing to uh, support you know, our military in that regard? And what are some of the available resources? And Chief Brown, we'll start with you. Yeah, no, that, that's a great question. Uh, you know, for myself, you know, I, just a couple of years ago, my wife asked me, um, what do you enjoy? And I couldn't answer that. So, because I used to have hobbies and then, um, it was what the kids were doing and now it, and then it became work. So I, I didn't really know what I liked. I had kind of lost myself. And so that really started my personal military or personal mental health journey. Um, and it kind of led me to, uh, the defense ventures fellowship program, um, where I learned about, uh, the VA's, uh, Mission Daybreak Initiative. It's really part of their strategic plan um, to to stop the ve veteran suicides. Um, and so I think the takeaway for that is we need to really work with building and uh, making those relationships stronger with our our, our other federal partners and the industry and academia. I mean, I think we're doing um, some things right now to to get after that. I, I think there's a disadvantage, a, a little bit of a problem now. We have so much social media. People aren't talking to each other as much, and they're sort of sitting around, uh, you know, just just sort of getting depressed. And if they are depressed, we don't really know about it because they're not talking about it. But you, John, you want to add anything to that? So this is what, this is one of my things, and 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 
there's been a tone during my entire time that I have been in the seat in it, how do we invest in our team? How do we um, destigmatize mental health, right? To me, it's okay to not always be okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's okay not to always be okay. And building leadership teams and growing, investing in them so that they can deal with these situations. Let's let's just be candid. There is always going to be suicide. One life gone is one too many. And we know that. But how we introduce and educate can't be launched in a way to where they're thinking it's another training that they have to do. Right. We have to meet them where they are. I tell the director all the time, meet me at TJ. Find out what what's important to TJ. Make me feel connected in a way that I feel safe of bringing those things to you and talking about it. And what we need to be focusing on when we are getting after mental health or as we're investing things into suicide prevention, because let's be candid, there are so many entities that are invested in this. You have the president that has his initiative, you have Secretary of Defense, all throughout DOD, there are suicide prevention initiatives. But how are on top of those initiatives, how are we growing and teaching and coaching people with the tools so that they do it in a way that it's actually genuine? Yeah. You yeah. coming to me and you're you're giving me the banter of the initiative. I don't feel that. I don't connect with that. I want somebody to know that my do you know who your people are that have the highest debt in your organization? Do you know that the soldier or sailor that's sending money home? Do you know who have um, special needs things going on at home with either a spouse or a child or a family member of that matter? Do we know that? Do you know where your where your um, lower ranking, junior ranking people where they connect? I, my son, his friends, as God bless Julian Johnson, his friends are all over the world. They don't even live close by him. The people that he connects with are outside, and so do we have apps and applications? where people can go get connected that way. We know we have the military one source and some people are like, oh, I don't wanna dig through that. It doesn't seem right right up front. We have things like in transition, the, all those things are available and the older audience knows and we go straight to it, right? But when you look at the age group that is going through that, it's not, our, not that it doesn't happen, but it's less of our senior people and more of our junior people. And we need to make sure that what we're putting out and what we're investing in, invest in that so that we can meet them at their platform, not on ours. Nothing makes me more frustrated than you giving me something that you think that I want without having my input of what I want. Yeah, hold that, hold hold that thought. That's a great discussion. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break. (laughs) We got a lot more to talk about, so don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're watching your Next Mission video podcast. You're watching your Next Mission video podcast, proudly presented by... Navy Federal Credit Union, the most trusted credit union owned by members of the military community, serving all branches of the armed forces and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Purdue Global, you're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. Start your comeback at PurdueGlobal.edu. USAA. A promise is a trust not to be broken. Whether spoken with an oath or sealed with a pinky. 
And after 100 years, we're still taking care of the military community and their families. That's our mission, always. Now back to your host, the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army, Jack L. Tilly. Welcome back. We're blessed to be here today with Chief Fast Sergeant Tanya Y. Johnson, Senior Enlisted Leader and Master Chief Petty Officer Troy J. Brown, United States Navy, Senior Enlisted Leader to the Assistant Director for Support from the Defense Health Agency. And I want all of our viewers to reach out to directly. Tell us what topics you'd like to cover. I always tell you it's not my show, it's our show. So tell us what, you, uh, what we want to put on the show, or what you want us to put on the show. You can call or text me at 844 424-1134, and I'll reach back out to you. Or send me an email to smatilly at yournextmission.org. I know that the healthcare workers experience burnout every at really a high rates. And how is DHA building a resilient workforce that can, uh, you know, support the medical needs of, of the department and the beneficiaries? And uh, I guess we'll talk with you, Chief Brown. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's... Uh... The reality over the last few years is that healthcare workers have just taken a beating, um, and and that's really causing a lot of them to reconsider their choice of employment. So, are they looking at other options outside of healthcare? Um, and for us in the military, that impacts recruitment and retention. So we can't afford to have that happen. Um, so one of the things that we're doing is really um, taking a look at technology. I know AI and machine learning are kind of buzzwords right now, but um, you know, there's some real value to taking a look at those products and finding solutions that can really um, reduce the workload for our uh, for our healthcare professionals right now. So, I think that's one of the things that we're taking a look at right now. We also yeah, go have. Ahead. Some, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, we also have some hiring initiatives. How do we get after the backlog of um, the tackling those vacancies that we have in the enterprise? Um, going to OPM, leveraging the opportunities to have waivers so that we can get the team, more teammates on board to help support um, and help them through that burnout phase. It, it won't take it away, but it will at least relieve some of the burden that some of them are feeling right now. Yeah, you know, uh, you hit a lot of great points there. It, the, one of the biggest things, I mean, I'm sure you comments about that. I, I mentioned a minute ago about social media. Do you think that's a plus or a minus? Uh, Chief Johnson. Well, I'm a, I'm a, a recent adopter of social media. I think it's it can be a plus if what you're putting out is um, that has value and it's meaningful to the audience, right? It's what you're putting out, what information that you're putting out, being transparent. Uh, the unfortunate thing is they want it right now, and some it's the speed of relevance and how quick are we to meet that demand signal, and are we meeting the signals? Um, that they're putting out for us. And we're not going to hit everyone. Is do the, I think it gives us an opportunity to do the most good with what we have available to us, honestly. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not a naysayer on social media. It's what you take from it and what you're in for it. I'm just kind of the person that says, oh, it's PCS season. Let's talk about that because it's a stressful time. And let's see what we can do to try and lead up to bring down that level of stress. Let's take the temperature down and not go and in, jump into the fray when it gets a little negative. Right. It's just kind of redirecting it. So I think it could be great. Yeah, I don't I, know about you. I, I Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, it's a coin flip. So I, I think it's one of the things that the risk is it takes away the personal interaction 
Um, and I think that's important because people need to be around people. I think, you know, there's a lot of science behind that um, to help to help with your own health. You need you need to be around people. And uh, um, so if, if it's abused and that's all you're focused on is the social media aspect, um, we probably need to dial it back a little bit. Yeah, I think one of the good things about it. Yeah, I think one of the good things about it, though, is that uh, you, you get to get the pulse of the people. Like you, you talked about senior enlisted or senior officers or whatever, but you got to figure out a way to get out in the bowels of the military to see exactly what they're, what they're talking about. Go ahead. You was going to say something, Chief Johnson? This is how they connect. Just, just like what you were saying, when you're getting down into the bowels of the military, you're to, to the individuals that are at grassroots level, yep. this is their way to connect and communicate. And so we have, we can't not use it. This is, this is how we're getting that information to where they, where it resonates with them. Right. And so, like he said, don't get into the negative. There's a way to leverage that to um, do a lot of good. Yeah. Hey, Master Chief Brown, I understand you get in the, in the process of transition out of the military. Any, any big tips you want to share with the audience here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm living and breathing this every day um, uh, as I prepare to transition out right right after the new year. The uh, I, I, First and foremost, I want to preface this by saying I am not a subject matter expert in transition because I haven't transitioned. Um, so I, it's my transition journey, and they're all different. So this is, just happens to be mine and some of the things that I've done. But, uh, you know, one of the big things I did was I really had to reinforce my support system, and that really included my family. Um, because they're also transitioning and I never even really thought about that, but they're, they're transitioning as well. And I had to get their buy-in and, and, and get, we had to have the conversations to try to answer each other's questions. Like, what do we want to do? Where do we want to be? What, you know, so, so, so reinforcing that support system, family, friends, loved ones, um, and then, uh, finding mentors, mm. um, you got to have some mentors out there, um, that have been there, done that. Uh, a lot of the experts say, you know, get involved with your community, get involved with their, your local veteran service organization. So for me, that meant getting involved with the small town city council and working with the American Legion that just happens to be right down the street from my house. Um, it, and it's really just just so you can be around people and, and continue to have that relationship with with people and other veterans um, in, in your own communities. Um, for me, one and I think it's probably pretty consistent with most people is is really finding that that new why and that new purpose, um, and and that's really where I think we struggle. But I just want to encourage people to again get those mentors and utilize all those nonprofits out there that, that are really trying to support. Um, there, there's a lot of great programs out yeah. there. Yeah, uh, you know, I transitioned a long time ago, but I help a lot of people transition to the. Uh, I think you're right. Is having a good mentor, somebody who can coach and teach you through that process. I always tell everybody, pay your bills off, have a resume, do your networking. When do you get out of the service? Uh, technically in April, but I start uh, Skillbridge, so DOD Skillbridge in uh, January, and then I'll take a month of terminal as well. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, you, you sound like you've got your stuff. I, th I think I transitioned pretty well, but uh, who never know? I, I, I guess I'm doing okay anyway, so. Well, I think that's important because transition – it may not ever end for some people. I mean, yeah. so, so one of those things where it's, it may end the next day, but it may not ever end for some people. Well, I think the biggest thing about transition is, is getting out of service, sort of a culture shock, you know, sort yeah. of fitting back in with the community, doing stuff and stuff. So that's good. Hey, look, it's been a great discussion today. And, and there's no question in my mind that you guys are a wealth of knowledge.
uh, and a lot, and I'm glad that you're in those positions and helping our veteran community and our retirees and active duty and, and all the families and stuff. So I appreciate what you guys are doing. Any final thoughts, anything that you want to share with the audience, anything that maybe you missed? Uh, Chief Johnson, you want to put something, anything you missed or want to tell us? Now, don't be quiet well, now. You've just, you've jumped all over us already. Now you've got to say something no, at the end there. I just say that healthcare isn't an inflection point in the United States, and especially in the military health system, yeah. right? And we're not going to shy away from it. There's some things that um, we're going to, we're going to run after to make shore up some things and make things right, that, that we honor the commitment that we gave to all of you. It uh -huh. is a privilege um, to be able to do this. And lastly, just really thank you for what you do, for getting this information out. Um, this is how what helps us move forward and advance what we're trying to get after is having people that are educated and informed what the agency really does and what it offers. So thank you. Hey, don't, you know, one of the problems you have is, and I was telling Master Brown before you came in there, is that uh, a lot of times we don't talk to our veteran community and we don't have a platform to get out there and talk to them. So this is a great platform for you guys to to get the information out. And we certainly do this again. Master Jim Brown, do you have any final thoughts? Anything you want to say? Yeah, I think I've got two things. I know I can say for the Defense Health Agency, we're uh, we're really working hard to get after the evolution of healthcare, um, really to embrace the whole person. Um, anytime, any place, or anytime, anywhere, always. Um, yeah, so blew that one. But uh, um, and then, you know, really just want to remind people to treat people as people because they really are our greatest asset. That's right. That's right. We can't do this without you. Well, God bless you both today. And thanks a lot for being on the show. Thank you very much, SMA. All right. Thank you. Thanks, for thank you. Thanks again to Chief Master Sergeant Tanya Johnson and Master Chief Petty Officer Troy Brown for joining us today. It was just great having them on the show. I want to thank them for what they're doing and what they continue to do for our veteran community with healthcare. It's important for all of us. And, and they're certainly making a difference each and every day. Again, Thanks for watching, and thanks to New Mind Studios and, of course, our presenting sponsors, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue Global, and USAA. We appreciate all you do for our military. And as always, see you on the high ground. hoo -ah! You've been listening to Your Next Mission, brought to you by the American Freedom Foundation. Learn more by visiting yournextmission.org.